Hi, welcome to the New Rules Podcast. I am your host, Ruth Cooper-Dixon, and I'm a positive psychology practitioner. New Rules is about how leaders, entrepreneurs, and businesses must change, break, and rewrite the rules to innovate in our ever-changing and complex world. Each episode, I'll be joined by a guest who is a leader and respected expert in their own industry to talk about their experiences through the lens of a positive psychology theme. I am fascinated as to how these topics are interwoven in the fabric of their journey. And of course, I get them to dig deep and share with you the good, the bad and the ugly. Hello and welcome back to New Rules. I'm your host, Ruth Cooper-Dixon. And I'm a positive psychology practitioner and New Rules is all about throwing the rule book into the air and how we can bring positive psychology themes and principles into our workplace practices, both through leadership, our values of our organisation and generally just getting to understand a little bit more about what we do. And I'm delighted today to be joined by Simon Boyle. Hi, Simon. Hello, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. And I'm going to read Simon's bio here. So, Simon, you're an award-winning chef, author and social entrepreneur. Um, Varied career, you've been on Dragon's Den, a culinary ambassador for Unilever and the founder of the charity Beyond Food Foundation, where you've used food as a catalyst for social change. And Beyond Foods Home and Social Enterprise Restaurant Brigade Bar and Kitchen, which is on Tooley Street in London. And the most recent, I, uh, I guess, innovation that you are working on is that the Beyond Food Foundation has teamed up with Eyes Wide Open to launch Made Again, which is a series of 50 interactive online workshops that aim to transform the lives of at least a thousand people who are at risk of losing their livelihood due to COVID-19 and the ensuing recession that we are all sadly finding ourselves in at the moment. So that's a great bio, great introduction there. And phew. phew, I know. I, do you know what? Every guest has got this amazing bio. And when I read it back to them, you can see them thinking, is this me? I'm not yeah, she's talking exactly. about me. <laughs> so you see it on paper, isn't it? So thank you. Right, where should we start? Let's talk about what I was really interested in as somebody who's starting to go through that journey a little bit myself at the moment not from a chef perspective, but from, I guess, a corporate entrepreneur, profit entrepreneur. What made you jump from the kind of being that award-winning chef, and that's not to say you're still not, but to into kind of the social entrepreneurship? What what for you was that catalyst? Well, I still consider myself a chef, even yes. though I don't cook every day. I think my the team at Brigade might, might challenge that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but very much a chef at heart, and that yeah. drives me all the time. So I, I, I can't ever give up, give up the shackles of being a chef. But food is my catalyst. Mm. It's what I use to, as a medium to kind of to help people and to shift people's kind of minds and, and hearts and minds. And so that's why I say I'm very much still a chef. But I was when, when I kind of was 13, I decided I wanted to cook, but I also decided that I wanted to run my own organisation. And then at thirteen, at thirteen, wow. and then I kind of, kind of pre-designed what I would do for the next sort of fifteen years to to get to the point where I could use the skills. Um, so even back then, I kind of knew that I might jump ship from the kitchen. Mm. But it has grown and organically grown from from doing sort of normal jobs to then starting an organisation to then thinking, right, I want to have more of a social impact with my mm. career to then starting the charity. And and then the the restaurant, which is now so you know, it's a complete social enterprise where nobody takes any of the profit. Mm. 
And when you're thinking about the the challenges that come with creating a social enterprise and because it's not, it is, you know, there's a lot of hard work, I know, going into that. What do you draw on, do you think? What is it that drives you to, to do that? Because mm. that is hard work. You know, I never planned it. So, you know, I kind of started my own business I then um, actually around the corner from here was at Greek Street. So there was an old homeless hostel and I had an events business uh, running from Surrey. And I kind of knew that I wanted to try to... Start. I had this inkling in my in my bones to kind of mm. try to do good through food. And the business was very much about bringing people together. And food's all about bringing people together. And hospitality is all about giving, you know, and receiving. So mm. I suddenly I started hankering about, well, well I wanted to change my impact I, I was involved with the tsunami and I started a relief camp and when I came back and I, I, I got this strange urge to to learn about homelessness and displacement and this idea that when you you know you can suddenly lose everything at the drop of a hat it mm. might not be nothing to do with you it might be everything to do with yeah. you so anyway I, I found um, an old hostel which is called the House St Barnabas it's now a private club it kind is, of based I've around been homelessness. There. Yeah, okay. So I turned it from being a homeless hostel to being a to being an event space. Right. Um, and I re-employed every all the the women that had been uh, living there and, and had been moved out. So that's where it kind of started. So the tsunami, I, I knew a homeless a friend of mine had been homeless and was then working for crisis and and then local the communities and local government mm. and it just grew. Mm. And the social ambition was all I think had always been there. I just hadn't uncovered it. Mm. Um, I was very kind of. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not a worthy person, but I know right from wrong, and I know that actually I wanted to make a difference. It originally, it was just a cook, you know, making a difference on a plate, making sure it was perfect, and and putting it out to the customer. Then it kind of grew from being that to being about well, actually, who do I work with? And then walking along around the streets in London, you know, I mean, yeah. you only have to walk around to know that it, there's there's an ever growing problem. Yes, um, and that is like a burning ambition in me now. To kind of make, to, you know, to do everything I can to try and change that mm. in my space, anyway. That's it's really interesting how you talk about that because one of the other guests on another episode, uh, James Summary, talks about his framework and from moving from being a doctor. I guess as you know, he'll always be a doctor, but I guess like you think I'll always be a chef. You have that training, that trade almost, but actually, then where do you go with that? And mm. when you think actually there's more meaning and purpose and that self awareness and and having those life experiences that then open you up to wanting to do good whether that's through you know whether you call it calm whether you call it spirituality meaning and purpose whatever that driver is mm. to be able to go there's more that I can do or there's more mm. that I can give and how that just yeah I think it's really beautiful how you say you know it's not really planned because it, it evolves from your own sense of meaning and purpose as well like you know what yeah i think it hap- it evolves from what what experiences you've had how you brought up your mm. values and your beliefs you know sense of purpose uh we're also in a very crazy world yeah um, we were in a crazy world before covid19 but companies and particularly entrepreneurs and people that were you know ceos and mds underst- and brands understood that they had to do something to do to make a difference in in society that's what consumers want that's what employees want you know um so there was already it was already starting to happen yeah for me you know people like me it's probably more than that it's this desire to really kind of create that change not everybody has to do that you can make small changes Mm. by 
deciding to buy something that has you know comes from a social business rather than a just an just just a normal business. I think coming through COVID, I think people are just going to want to make change even more now, mm. um, and they're going to force their employers to do it. They're going to enforce the brands that they buy mm. into to do it and certainly we're already seeing sort of celebrity culture and tv kind of moving into you know like like dragon's den as an example yeah dragon's den really shouldn't be about entrepreneurs it should be about social entrepreneurs yeah you know it should be about making a difference and it's not about the dragons making money i mean how ludicrous is that it should be about the the dragons making money for you know social change mm. or for charities or for you know it's a, it should change it needs mm. to change so what I'd like to, the theme I'd like to really talk to you about as well is that how you inspire that change through uh, passion and perseverance. And uh, one of the things that I've become uh, really interested in is like the whole growth mindset of learning and failing and, and keep pushing and, you know, and how you um, evolve through that process as well. And with the with the people that you've worked with so for example at brigade and the beyond food foundation obviously you've worked with people who have either lost their homes they've been made homeless or they're through displacement or they're just really they're on that cusp of i'm guessing real risk of of being um made homeless what have you noticed as is there, or are there any themes have you've noticed in those individuals who've mm. become to be successful or created even just some stability in their life yeah i mean i i'm in awe of our beneficiaries mm. um whether they are just trainees that we come and, that come and go through the organization or they become apprentices that then become employees um also the staff and the people i work with and all the way up to the stakeholders some yeah. of the businesses that we're involved with um particularly pwc and baxter story who we work in partnership with, but other sponsors as well. Um, number one, I kind of have this ability to get people on a train and yeah. on, on the rails and off we go. And I think that's really important. You need somebody with that really strong sense of purpose. Mm. But also you need to work, Every all of those people I've just talked about all need to be wanting to kind of make that change, mm. no matter what who they are and what their level they are and what they can commit to. But our beneficiaries in particular, they have lost everything. Mm. So usually I call it the thread of life. You know, if you've lost the thread of life, it's very hard to get back and kind of grip, you know, the you know any opportunity that comes along to try to get yourself back onto yeah. the right path. And so I'm ignoring the words of, you know, alcoholism, you know, uh, crime, all these things. They're just, yeah. they're just part of the problem. They're not yeah. the problem. 80 90% of them have been through have got childhood trauma. Yeah. Actually quite a lot of us do anyway, but some people just it doesn't come out, doesn't get dealt with, doesn't get you know, doesn't get aired sometimes yeah. and then 30 40 years later that you you know you wonder, you're looking back and wondering why you're in a cell mm. or you're sitting on a pavement. And we you know, I know it's an old cliche how close we all are. We really are close mm. and we're going to see that very soon how close everyone is you know you just need to lose that sense of either the relationships in your life the 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 job the purpose the um that support system that maybe was just kind of keeping you on that edge yeah a lot of people lose it so the, my beneficiaries have a sense of resilience like there's no one else i've, I've it's incredible mm. um what they have difficulty is unlocking it 
Mm. Uh, and and kind of understanding that actually they're stronger than they think. Yeah. Or actually, can they? I I use the analogy of you know it's a locked door. It's got a big keyhole, and you look through the keyhole, you can see what you want. You can see that life that you really would design, you dream of, and you hope for. And, but the door's locked. Mm. Um. And so what Beyond Food does is it unlocks the door. It's and it's got some very good methods and we the the uh, the program's called fresh life and it it's a really down to earth gutsy process that we take people through um it focuses on their well-being and how they look after themselves to start with but then soon gets them to recognize what support they need how to sort out some of the basic things like the finances and you know kind mm. of where they live all that kind of stuff and then it then it looks at skills um and then they graduate to get stuck in which is a another program where get stuck in is all about well actually what do you want to do with your life because actually you've got some choices even if you're yeah. if you're homeless yeah you've got some choices and you you might want to re-look at some of the skills you have and we'll get stuck in digs deep to mm. see what they are or we you might need some new ones and so then it opens the door and then after get stuck in then there's a the the the, the possibility is to come to brigade and get an apprenticeship and if you want to go into the world of hospitality pre-covid i would have said amazing industry there's always a job yeah. <laughs> out there that might change slightly obviously but it is a great opportunity mm. hospitality is amazing and we've taken a lot of people through that process mm. three and a half thousand people wow. and in brigade itself we've employed 133 homeless people that have gone on and, and graduated and become professionals in in the industry covid now has has changed everything Mm. Um, and as you know, I've started um, Made Again, which is actually a program using some of the similar tools, but some new ones to try and help people within the hospitality industry. So it's almost like the charity's going through its own sense of change at the moment yeah. and saying, right, the, the industry's really helped us. We've we've used it to get people into work. Now we need to help people within the industry to to stop them becoming homeless. Yeah. I th- uh, how you described the thread of life, I think, is is really powerful because there's so many factors that can play a part in that, in how we connect socially, how we find our place, what keeps us connected, um, and when we start to lose some of those those protective risk factors, if you like, like our you know um, our jobs, our you know if we lose our relationships, relationship breakdowns, well, you know, and then. I think it's important that you talked about you don't look at those, the, in essence, I guess, symptoms or coping strategies, whether that's alcoholism, whether it's you know crime. It's, it's more about let's understand what's going off. And I think look, having worked and as a, a trauma researcher, that understanding that people can take different ways and, and processing so differently and it can just be sometimes the... the, the the trigger, the catalyst, the end. There's the house of cards, right? And everything's mm. just. And it, any of us could it could potentially be in that state. And the worrying thing is, in the current climate, so many people who perhaps once thought, "Oh, I'm really safe because I've got all these things," have found those things have been taken away from them, or yep. they're they're not. They're on more shaky ground. And also, I really like how you talk about the the locked door because. With Champs for Change, uh, my social enterprise, with a project we've just been doing with survivors of domestic abuse, so we call them women who are in thrivership mode because they're kind of out of that crisis, but actually they're just starting to unlock 
what's next so they've done the they've done the kind of well-being the safety aspect that you spoke about mm. in your different programs they've got those basics they've they've got that support they've been doing probably a year or two years of programs with the with a charity uh, we've been working with called we are so they've been doing that and then it's almost like but what do you want to do now with your life you know and they've never had that before it's or it's been a long time since they've had that of like well did do you want to where do you want to work or yeah. what would what's important to you or what's your strengths and yeah, it's yeah. like oh god like, i haven't even i haven't even allowed myself or i've not been able to to look at that or th- dream about that or believe that can be achieved or can see it you know as yeah, you yeah. said looking through the, the the locked door and going i can see exactly what i want mm-hmm. and and how can i make that happen and i think when you're working with people who've experienced as you as you do with that trauma they are can be hugely powerful because once they get over that those built once they're given those building blocks and once they have that belief almost that somebody's saying i believe you like you and your team are saying we know you can do it and mm. we're investing in this and yeah yeah and you know there's there's lots of bumps in the road of course and um, we try to map them out but every time we do a new cohort there's a different of bumps course in the road. people are people right yeah. <laughs> uh what, what i will say is i think they they become extraordinary people because because of if they can overcome it and some don't no um, or sometimes they need a second run at the, yeah. the go. but if they can and when they do it's just extraordinary and they there's a we have a family at brigade Mm. there's no two ways about it people feel it when they come and eat if they if they know the behind scenes and the you know the they understand that there's the operational team and then we have the charitable team and how it all works it's a real family and during covid19 you know we had to close brigade because you know the business it, it, we yeah. just had to there was no chance we were going to close the the charity down and we just couldn't because we had so many beneficiaries that we're going to need that call, that, that call, or help with buying food, or struggling with debt. Um, you know, and what we then happened was the brigade team all kind of volunteered for the charity, and you know, and we carried on. It was just extraordinary. We did an awful lot of good. We fed a lot of people to start with. That's how it all started. Mm. So we closed the doors early, and we just cooked everything that we had in the in the fridges and in the cupboards, and and then we started to branch out to take other people's food other restaurants in the area, corporate hospitality businesses in the in the local area, and we cooked their food and sent that out. And then eventually we kind of thought, you know, we're probably going to have to split up now and look after ourselves. And then we went on virtually. So we, mm. we created a support line and a 24-hour crisis line. That's how, it, that's the kind of the initial work that we did during COVID. Mm. The the benefit, you know, the beneficiaries, uh, our, our apprentices started calling each other to support them. Then there were offering themselves out to, you know, we did a lot of loneliness calls. Yeah. Then they were offering themselves to help other people, that not not our beneficiaries. So just, you know, as we grew during COVID, we went national and people were just calling, you know, other people that just needed that hello. So it was extraordinary. And I think uh, the best <laughs> the best example I've probably got is we have a guy called Christian who I met in Earl's Court. He was, he was homeless and I was doing some cooking, um, cooking over there. This is two years ago. He became an apprentice, and eventually we we got him his first job in March. Mm. Uh, sorry, the first week of the first, I think, the second or third of March. And of course, he got made redundant instantly. Mm. Um, anyway, he's been he's been uh, went down to Cornwall, thinking you know he'll easily find a job, and he didn't quite easily find it. Anyway, he eventually has found one. But I had a back a back operation recently, and he knocked on my door to see how I was, and. You know, from when I saw him in the first day, I saw him to how he came in and 
was there for me. Yeah. I know I've made that wow. that difference and, and you know, he's extraordinary, but there's so many others. That's just giving me a little goosebumps. I think that's a that's a really and and it is those it's those moments that as a social entrepreneur when you care about what you're doing and clearly the impact that you have is is huge as a leader um because for all you know your team to be backing you and not even you having to say come on you know everyone's just there and they're doing it and they're doing it from their own sense of Mm. purpose and self um which is obviously a culture that you've created just through your own style i think is really powerful and to witness those moments and those moments of where you suddenly see that change for 360 and Mm that's worth more than anything right in terms of money it's just it is yeah it's hard um, being a social entrepreneur it's hard (laughs) because you know you don't exactly walk around in a loincloth but it's not exactly some days your halo slips (laughs) right yeah exactly it is you know you have to fight i fight every day of course fighting for the cause every day whether it's i've got it's funny actually because i was thinking you know i made a few notes myself before i came on i was thinking (laughs) i think i'll write down my kind of stakeholder list you know who challenges me and i had to, i got to number 10 there was 10 groups of people that i i have to kind of convince or rally or bring along or sometimes have to kind of fess up to you know if i you know kind of to kind of go this is all for the cause this is what mm. we're trying to achieve and you have to remind people whether it's people giving you money to try and help you make sure you can pay everybody mm. Uh, or, you know, or actually I've come up with this new idea, you know, I want to create a slush fund for people that are in debt. You know, I just want to give them, you know, you know, in the correct and appropriate way, but I want to help them mm. pay their rent while they've just been made redundant. How do we do that? And you have to convince people to do yeah. that. So you need a you need a certain kind of aura to do that, I suppose. Yeah. And sometimes just to throw your toys out the pram. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We are going to step out to have a mindful moment to reflect on our conversation so far. We are recording this at Fora, a tailored workspace that provides its residents with the freedom to choose where and how they work best, understanding that happy, healthy people deliver their best work. Whilst we are here, we'll be sipping on Naughty, Thompson & Scott's alcohol-free, organic, vegan, sparkling Chardonnay creating a more inclusive and mindful experience to having fun and celebrating our workplace success. With uh, You just said there about, the, I, I, you said fess up, but also I just want to just sort of, as somebody who's going through this early stages anyway, but in terms of like your mistakes and learning and failing. And, there's loads. There's loads. <laughs> there's loads. Yeah. What, do you th- what would you say to anybody who's listening who, because I think, you know, um, hearing James before in an episode speaking to you now um, speaking to Meg there's so many individuals who I am talking to who are really wanting to do that work and it's part of who they are if leaders are listening or people who are in their own businesses and are thinking do you know what there is something I could do like what would you say to them as like I don't know, life lessons, hacks, top tips, whatever you want to call it. Like, what what would you say as part of your journey? I think you've got to be, I think, on hindsight. Uh, <laughs> which is a wonderful thing, which right? Which is a wonderful thing. I, you know, if I'd sat down and said, right, I'm going to set up a homelessness charity, which is going to try and impact the hospitality industry, blah, blah, blah. I don't think I'd ever have done it. You no. know, so I don't, I think sitting here and saying, 
write a clear plan. You know, you might think you can do that in business, but even you know, mm. you can do that to a degree. But I think, yeah, sit down, have a think, a good hard think about what you want to do and how and what purpose you're doing it. You know, your what's your purpose and what difference you want to make. It will grow and change, but I think that that would have been a good idea for me to do in the in the mm. first place. I used to try and convince everybody without that clear, sometimes that clear thought. Now I'm I'm much clearer, but yeah. even now I'm taking risks. And I'm I'm doing something that I think is the right thing to do, and I'm sure that and you know I now I'm answerable to quite a few people, so I have to think about it and go, well, this yeah. is fine. I think you need to get the right people on board. Mm. You don't always employ them because you can't always employ everybody you want, but you do need to get the right people. So you need people that are going to help you make you know your vision happen. I've I have suddenly realised that I <clears throat> I really can't do everything myself, so I'm better to get people that are really great at what they do and that enables me to be able to have the time to do what mm. I do really well but Beyond Food is a very small charity so you know sometimes I need people to flex and change and sometimes I go to the stakeholders and say this is you know I don't have this but you know can we is there some way that you can help to support this and you, you know you've got to you've got to be prepared to sometimes get it wrong because I, I don't believe anyone I don't know, believe anyone that gets it right all the time. No. I just don't. And the world changes. Look at how many businesses are failing now. Yeah. Because they they had no clue what was going to happen. So I think you've just got to, you've got to have a bit of blind faith in yourself. Yeah. The one thing I usually tell people, which is very personal, is you've got to look after your family because just because you're, you've got a real strong sense of purpose and you're, and you're prepared to kind of, you know, almost die trying to make sure it happens, you've got people around you. And they, you're particularly your loved ones, your really close family. I I went through a bit of a time where I didn't really think about them enough, mm. and it's you know, there's no point of you spending your whole life and all your money and every, all your time on on other people if you're not going to care for your own people. Yeah, and I I learned I learned that very um, that lesson because my wife passed away. She was on the journey. She was on the train. It was her vision as well as mine. Mm. But, you know, sometimes I think, oh, I wish I'd gone home, you know, just more often than, Mm. you know, when I was working all those nights and all those weekends and all because of the calls. And actually, I forgot, actually, you know, I had people in my own home that Mm. needed me. So I think you've got to just try and balance out a little bit. Um, And I have learned that in a good way, because now I feel I'm very balanced. I've, I've, you know, my family are very well. I've got, I mean, great relationship and I can still have the same sense. I can still have the same impact. Mm. In fact, if nothing else, it's probably a bigger impact. And and that's a you know, but that's a lesson for anyone that goes into business for themselves. Yeah. You know, you know, it's like you've yes. got to you've got to fight for every penny. Yeah. Um, you've got to justify everything. You know, I had you know talk about mistakes. There was many times on a Friday, I was looking about how I was going to pay people the next week. Yes. And I, I went through that for years. Um, and that it's really hard. I think the the other thing is having a really good pair of ears that you can talk to, mm. someone that you can just, you know, kind of not, you know, just kind of really be honest with, yeah. and say, well, this is this is what's happening. This is where we're at. And they, you know, they, that person won't always have the answers, but they'll ask the good questions. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And oh God, just so much of of what you said there has resonated and I'm sure it will do with people that are listening who do have their own businesses. I know from 
the episode I've spoken to Amanda and Laura both, you know, run their own businesses. And we, we, we were talking about the fact that, you know, when it's your own business, it's always that part of you, even when you're on holiday, like how do you really disconnect? I mean, mm. you do, you, if you get good at that, and I know I'm much better at doing that now, you know, I will be off email and I will, I've got a team, like you say, build those people around you that you can trust, that you can mm. leave things and say, I'm, I'm away now. But mm. Ultimately, it, it lands with you, right? It's, it's your thing. Yeah, you're it's here. really hard that one and because it, it just is. It, it just, just <laughs> you know, you you know in your heart that you've got to take some time off. Yeah, you've got to clear the deck. You know, we're bombarded all the time. Yeah, twenty four seven. And this, the, uh, you know, I've got a real axe about you know everyone saying we're all going to work virtually. Everyone's happy. I don't believe it. I don't believe it for a second. I mm. think it's. I think it's big businesses convincing that actually they can save money and you know that's a, a very convenient for them and you got people that think at the moment yeah you know i can spend some time at home that's pretty good the sun's shining and you know i'll i I'll, i can balance it out but you know when we talk about time off it's if you don't take it you, yeah. you will burn out at some point and you'll start to make the mistakes your your decision making won't be clear but I haven't got. I haven't found the magic uh, no. wand for that one yet. I don't think anybody has got that answer. I think you know we, as people that run their own companies, we we're not in that position whereby we're not. If we're not, if we're not, kind of stepping back in terms of we've got other things, but we're also like if you're an entrepreneur through and through like you you know as yourself with you there's yeah. other things that are coming up and there's other ideas yeah. and there's other ways you can yeah. innovate <laughs> that is i mean that's my problem you know i'm always on to the next thing <laughs> yeah. and that it's before i finish the last one yeah and that, i'm terrible for my that. team i'm like i've got this idea i usually start off with i've got this idea mm. and it's i can yeah. almost sense the eye roll emoji that's coming through on on the yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like... <laughs> well i mean i mean i suffer from that one badly I, I have to I have to kind of convince myself, I have to write it down and say, right, what's the idea going to do? What's going to bring all that kind of stuff? You know, so that's you wouldn't be an entrepreneur if you weren't that way. Yeah. I was going to say, the one thing I was going to say is that the, my sort of hot topic at the moment is, is the social media because we finish work. Then you've got your emails because you don't count your emails as work. No. Do you? you know, you've just got, oh, I've got 35 emails to read. I'll do, <laughs> that's not work. I'll do that at home. And then you've got social media on top of that. And we are, you know, we're craving, you know, I've got to post I've got yeah, to post something yeah. or I've got to like things. Um, and that, I find that, you know, I was getting quite, um, getting quite a lot of anxiousness over it because I wasn't, you know, because I've had this operation, I wasn't on social media yeah. enough. And it's, it's a, that's a terrible situation to kind yeah. of feel and, and not count that as work as well. It's because it is another aspect. I did an event at Fora last night as part of uh, their restore week. So it was finished about 7.30. It was in person at the Spitalfields uh, Folgate site. And so there's all the post you know post on instagram having to do all the stories respond to people in the moment mm. all the twitter comments that came through the likes yeah. and before you know it it's like 10 at half 10 i'd got home had dinner but it was like i'm so wired still not only mm. from being at an event all late and you know just having a great time and it was great to be in an in-person event with the the panel even though it was it was over uh, zoom but just then, t my mind, because of social, was still mm. wearing away because I hadn't switched off because this was all work, right? And, and planning stuff for LinkedIn for in the morning. Mm. <laughs> stuff yeah, yeah. But and then what happens if you didn't? <laughs> yeah. Put something up, you know. Yeah. It, that's the thing that goes in your mind. Yeah. Well, I might have, if I, you know, I might, if I say that I was there and I 
did this or spoke to this person, then an opportunity might come. But, you know, law of averages is you probably won't. So, yeah. you know, take give yourself a chill pill and <laughs> stop it. Yeah. It's one of the things that we've learning, actually, with Made Again. So trying to get Made Again, it, it's about people that are losing, mm. might be getting made redundant or they're losing working hours or pay. And, okay. and you know, how do they reconnect? So networking is a really big part of mm. that. So, you know, I, I'm not saying networking isn't important, but, yeah, you've got to take a bit of time to, to for yourself, I think, yeah. to, you know, recharge the batteries and... I think that's really important. Hopefully people have learned that during COVID. Yeah. You know, having that extended time at home and hopefully they've reconnected with the people there. And hopefully... I think I've heard, you know, through the work that I do with my company, Shams, um, and just spending a lot of time over lockdown running you know, webinars on different topics around uh, resilience and dealing with COVID, whether that's through remote working, but also more personal aspects and lots of people have commented saying the one you know some of the greatest moments they've taken from this are positives if you like have been being at home for especially for you know if they've got children being at home for evening Mm. having time together being able to sit down and have meals together even with teenagers and you know Mm. okay it's not like and everyone was saying you know it's not like the Waltons or the Brady Bunch every single day but it is nice to have that reconnection that you Mm. wouldn't usually have and yeah. yeah. Think back to when I was younger and you had to be at the tea table. That's because I'm from the north originally, but mm. you know, the tea table at six o'clock and you'd have your tea everyone sat down, whereas I don't think you know, that was really rare a rarity in, in modern yeah. life. Listen, I'm very lucky because my children and my girlfriend's daughter, we, you know, they're all really lovely. Don't get any aggro from any of them. In fact, if nice. anything, they're kind of telling us to stop work and make sure, you know, go for the bike ride and all that kind of stuff. Wonderful. And they were they were awesome. I mean, and then halfway through lockdown, I thought, oh, I need to do something. We needed a new project. So I, I got um, 140 chefs to give me a recipe for for a Feast with Purpose cookery book, which we launched to try and raise money and awareness. For another made, another made little again. side project. Oh, my God. I tell you, it, was, <laughs> I, I, it, was, it started off a good idea and it's ended up being, a, you know, it is a labour of love. But we ended up cooking a lot of the dishes and, you know, my some was kind of advising me on the social media and what, how we should approach the chefs and make sure we thank them for their dishes and all that kind of stuff. It actually became a real activity. And, mm. You know, how many people, they, their families don't know what they do? You know, they go off in the morning and they come back knackered yeah. at the end of the day, but they don't really know what they do. And and hopefully people have got a bit of a vision of, well, they've seen them at home or they've seen them on you know, Zoom or whatever it is, and they kind of hopefully have got a bit of an inkling. But, you know, I'm sure everyone has had a bit of a wake-up call on, on what their own their own values yeah. are. And if they haven't, if they've been at home and they've still forgotten it, and or if with your other work people haven't treated people in their own home in the right yeah. way, then, you know, hopefully people find the strength to kind of change. Yeah. And to find that support. Hmm. So talk a little bit more then about Made Again. So this is to support people who are, as you say, are at risk or had like in the hospitality industry of losing their job or they've kind of lost hours or pay. So what does hmm. what does Made Again actually do? Because it's about 50 courses, isn't it? 50 interactive Yeah, so we've got, so. so we've partnered up actually with a Fora resident, um, ah. Eyes Wide Opened. Um, Alistair Creamer, who's, uh, we used to work together at Unilever actually. He's an right, uh, amazing, okay. really incredible uh, creative thinker. So we've kind of collaborated uh, between the Beyond Food Foundation and the and as I'd open team, 
and we've created it's virtual there's mm. three days courses three days and it's i think it's from 10 to 1 and we just used various techniques to try and get people that are in that position where they might have lost their job or working hours and you know we know i know we talk about it there's going to be a lot there's there's already a lot but there's going to be i think the 24th of september's d day isn't it mm. where you know employers will will use that furlough that last part of furlough to try and you know make these redundancies and and you know a lot of the companies are, are desperately needing to but you got these individuals who probably been doing their job for a good long time you know let's take as an example a chef in a corporate hospitality kitchen you know he's probably been working there for 10 years there aren't going to be loads of jobs in corporate hospitality no. kitchens so what are the, what are the, what does he do or she do well you know so what made again does through film we've made five or six films looking at other people that have that have changed their lives but and why and how and um, and then we have a series of workshops that kind of really dig deep underneath the skin of you know what makes them tick what are their passions what skills do they have that they probably don't even know mm. you know working in a kitchen for 10 years you know what you must have enormous amounts of skills. But yeah. when you ask them, you go, well, you know, I'm, I can cook quite well. I'm quite good at organisation. I'm good at being a team player. But actually, that we're talking right underneath. Yeah. You know what? What? What are all the different layers of that? Of each of those skills that really you could bring to the surface. And then we try to inspire them about, you know, actually you could do lots of things. So, you know, could you know? For as a good example is one of the uh, one of the chefs is. Uh, who was on the pilot course, you know, has now travelled down to uh, the south coast and is, you know, looking at all the suppliers that he used to buy from and thinking, well, I'll go and spend two or three months down there and, you know, get in, get my hands dirty in, into the earth or into the water and, and, then, and then come back as a chef understanding produce much better. Wow, yeah. So, you know, you can really change your life if you, mm. you know, and it was never meant to be a business startup program um having said that out of the first course which we had 14 people at least five of them came out saying actually do you know what? i want to start my own organization i want wow. to um, you know so what made again does at the end is it gives a week space and then they can go and pitch to a group of people now it's not like dragon's den as much as the you know it's not, they're not it's not an investment pitch it could be a life pitch it could just be you know i want to change my life and this is how i want to do it and then they present and then the team then you know help and collaborate and sort of say, well, okay, well, you could come here, you can come here, or we know these people and introduce, you know, that network to try and help them make that happen. It's definitely not a CV writing workshop, yeah. um, interview techniques no, it or anything no, like that. No, it doesn't it's, sound like that. Um, it's very emotional. Uh, I would say people really pour their heart out. Mm. Um, it starts off very much about them, in each individual, you know, sort of just talking about their situation, where they're at, if they're comfortable with it or if they're not, and... You get that sense of understanding that they want to change, and then you have that collaborative spirit across the whole group. Mm. So uh, it's really awesome. We start on the twenty second of September fully, and we want to try and reach a, a doesn't sound many, but a thousand people. But that's where we'll start. And you know, I think that we will probably at some point scratch our heads and go, actually, could it be more yeah. than that? <laughs> <laughs> well, having just spoken to you for today, I think, yeah, <laughs> this isn't just going to be a one-off. I'm sure. There'll no, be... <laughs> I, I mean, I have. You know, Beyond Food has to has to grow and scale because mm. all organisations do. It can't stay just in Brigade. I mean, Brigade is is a fantastic, uh, is a great restaurant. But 
you know, and it's got great people in it, but Beyond Food does, it can reach further. And mm. this is, and made again, is our first step out yeah. to try and do that and react to what's happening. Because actually, you know, again, I can't really, you know, I can't stand here and watch people become homeless. That's not something I'm, I want to do. Well, it goes against everything you set up Beyond Food for, you know, for and just to, to work through that and to then be where you're seeing people at risk and, you know, potentially where somebody has been in that job for 10, 15 years who never really thought, as you said, it was always a safe, you know, as mm. we all know, there's some industries that have been known as, you know, you can get into them and there's always work available. And I think that's been such a shock and I think people are still reeling from that shock or they're still not knowing what the outcomes are of that and then you know you can do the basics which is the really okay well we can rewrite your CV because you've not done one for ages or here's how you interview but actually when you start in talking about those values what are your strengths what you're passionate about what's holding you back I mean it's you mm. like with your other projects it's like unlocking potential right so yeah. it goes back to that that key analogy and understanding what that and some people would never have even thought about that even mm. probably before they got into the role they've done you know it was never whether they fell into the job they're doing or whether they always wanted to do that but then nothing like this has happened I think yeah. that deeper work gives a better you know it does that sense of purpose and it's so it's so funny you have them you know you've got the idea of them coming back to almost pitch but it doesn't have to be for a business but it could be like life because mm. I know I know, <laughs> I know when I had my breakdown I actually came out of therapy and I had this big piece of A3 with all my pitch on it and I actually, I actually just did it to my mum and dad. I was like, so this mm. is what I'm going to do. Gonna do. I'm going to do like, uh, I'm going to run the London Marathon. I'm going to go and live in South America and volunteer. I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to move back to London. And they were like, okay great we've got our support but it was just I just saw myself when you were talking thinking I get the life picture I've never heard it called that before but it is it's... yeah I mean I you know one of the <laughs> things we do in Fresh Life was we get them to draw out a journey and it and it might be from where they from you know where it all went wrong if you yeah. like or even before that to, and where they want to take themselves it's really hard to do yeah. that it's so difficult and of course everyone focuses on oh I can't draw or and, you know, I don't know how to draw a good picture or colour it in or whatever. It's like, just draw something. And normally when we get them in the right sense, and Alistair's genius at it, to get people in the right frame mm. of mind to be able to go, right, let's just take all the inhibitions away. Just just do it. Just write it down. And actually, I think everybody should do it. You know, and you just, you, most people aren't doing, I walk along, you know, you can't do it at the moment, but if you walk along London Bridge and you watch people going to work, they all look miserable completely miserable <laughs> they're so unhappy and they want to go there and they're probably miserable going home as well it's just not what life's about no. and i've seen life being taken away so many times you know in, mm. in the tsunami my own life it's just, life is too short yes. i always say it, life is too short to you know and to i, I just urge people to stop and think about what they're doing and and made again does that it just helps people kind of you know people that you know um my own cousin was was on the pilot course and he works in a, an amazing restaurant. It's an amazing way to actually, but completely lost because he's been made redundant mm. and he's not being treated properly either by his, by his employer. And so that's even where, so he's really, you know, and, and it gave him a sense of purpose and he rang me a week ago and I've got an idea. I've got an idea. <laughs> this is what I'm going to do. And, you know, I, I think he's got everything to do it. He's got everything yeah. in him to do it. And, so, you know, will it be easy? It won't be. It'll be really challenging. But 
going to work in one of the best restaurants in London wasn't either easy easy either so I hope that made again really does make a difference but I'm at that stage where I don't know yet you know it's, yeah we haven't done it so not in full so maybe we'll come back in six months time and kind of go hey it was brilliant <laughs> or, that, was, that was a complete disaster well maybe we can get you on the next series of new rules <laughs> yeah. uh, but I but you know from everything that you said I'm sure it will have the impact that it's uh, mm. so designed for and not only that I'm sure it will reach more than your initial target of a thousand I think you have a that very special skill and unique ability to be able to to encourage people to look for those problems that need solving but also comes from your own passion and I think Mm. that you probably touch and change more people than you'd know because I'm sure there's many people that don't come back or you know further down the line things change for them so I'm sure you know it's it's just fantastic really the work you've been Thank doing you. so it's been an absolute pleasure for you to to chat yeah well thanks for inviting me along talk it's good to me about <laughs> everything that you're doing and of course people will be able to find out in the description where they can a find out about Brigade Beyond Food and also Made Again so we'll make sure all that information is below so people can reach out Excellent. when the series um, is live and whilst we've been having this chat uh, Simon and I have been sipping on Naughty Thompson & Scott's alcohol free sparkling wine which is our naughty moment so Simon have you found Naughty? It's delicious actually you wouldn't yeah? actually know would you that no. was, there was uh, nothing in it <laughs> well, believe me from the more, I mean, it's a bit more, it's in the afternoon now, but early yeah. this morning, I think people were a little shocked in four and I was popping yeah. corks at 9.30. It's, it, you know, it's, it's, it's got a lot of good flavour, actually. It does. It's, it's very light, it's lovely, actually, but it's... Um... You know, what a great alternative if you want to drink during the day. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, thank you so much, and uh, it's been an absolute pressure. Yeah, thank you, Ruth. Sadly, we have no more time to chat, bringing us to the close of this week's episode of New Rules. I hope you have enjoyed listening to it as much as I've enjoyed chatting to our wonderful guests. If you did, then please ensure you subscribe, rate and review from wherever you get to your podcast and you won't miss out on the next episode. All the information from today's show, including our guest details, can be found in the podcast notes. A huge thank you to the lovely people at Fora, who without their generosity, the magic of this podcast would not have happened. Finally, you can find me, your host, Ruth.CooperDixon on Instagram and RuthyCoops on Twitter. Please do come by and connect if you're keen to know more about positive psychology and my well-being work at Shamps and Shamps for Change.